Welcome to Books and Beyond with your host, Alison. Join us for half an hour of information, entertainment, reading recommendations and beyond. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries. I know this girl and she works in a library, yeah, standing there behind the counter willing to help. No my hide my Kiara and welcome to Books and Beyond Literary Lounge with Alison and Inika, brought to you from our home studios. Kiara Inika. Kiara Alison, how are you? Oh look I'm well, thanks, and happy pride. Oh, thank you, Alison. Happy Pride to you too. And happy Valentine's Day and oh, Galentine's Day. Yes. And all and the Valentine's other romance. Day? Just for all of those requirements. We've got everything you need today, by the way. <laughs> because um this is our Pride slash love edition. And there's so much to love about Pride. Um here at Auckland Libraries, our proud and, and fabulous teammates usually can be seen at um, um, events like the Big Gay Out um, and also hosting the Sisters Gay Story Times at the Grey Lynn Library, both of which have unfortunately been cancelled this year, along with uh, much of the Auckland Pride Festival events. And this is, is really sad. Um, but we thank COVID for that. So it just is what it is. But hey, we're still out there with podcasts and book lists and our Lovers Love promotion that's just finished. Um, now, this one encouraged our customers to borrow some romance and win a date with a difference all on us. So, um, hey, look out for our winners to be announced very soon. Absolutely. And we've got another thing you should need to look out for um, coming up very soon. Um, the same, same but different um, uh, Readers and Writers Festival is Aotearoa New Zealand's only LGBTQI plus Readers and Writers Festival. So this is something very special. It's been running since 2016 and it takes place um, every February. But with Omicron in the community, it has decided to make the move to a wholly online festival to keep everyone safe. And we think that's that's the best idea. And um, yeah. yeah, for this these times, that's all safety is what we want, along with our love and our pride. Now, tickets to each of these same same but different events are free online, so you can watch and take part wherever you and your Wi-Fi are. Now, it runs from Friday 18th of February until Sunday 20th of Feb. They've got panels, lectures, poetry readings, and lots more. Um, there's heaps of wonderful um, Auckland writers and um, writers from further afield. Um, we've got um, Gina Cole, the author of Black, Life, uh, Black Ice Matter. Um, design writer Douglas Lloyd Jenkins is launching his first novel at the festival. We have poets, Emma Barnes and Courtney Sina Meredith. We've got the author of the Nancy series, R.W.R. McDonald, and a new novel. Novelist Rebecca K. Riley, whose runaway debut novel Greta and Valden, will be talking about today. Yes, and um, oh look, they've got such a good lineup of talent this mm. year. I mean, every year is is good, but it is this year is just outstanding. I'm really looking forward to hearing the songwriter and rapper Randa. Oh um, yes also in star of um, Air New Zealand safety videos, actually. <laughs> um, and the other two people I'm looking forward to are the poets, um, SMA Ranapiri and Takunda Muzundiwa. So, um, but you know what? One thing I really love about the Same Same But Different Festival is that it asks that question, 
who gets to write the narrative about the LGBTQI plus community? And I think that's a really valid question. So, um, having asked that question, <laughs> let's, let's answer it now with some fabulous queer literature and we'll talk love and romance as you do. How does that sound? That sounds peachy cane. Oh, Jelly bean. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I'm going to get started. Um, I'm going to start with um, a young adult um, fiction book that was actually part of the Auckland Library's Top 100 for 2021. It cross, it's a crossover um, teen adult book, and it's called Jay's Gay Agenda, and it's by the writer Jason June. So it's um, Jason June's debut teen novel. Um, he's previously written a lot of picture books and early chapter books for kids. So Jace, Jason June's name, is it's a two-name, first name, you know, like um, Billie Jean or Mary Kate, but without the hyphen. Mm-hmm. So Jason June, or sometimes... Um, is known as JJ, is a genderqueer writer mermaid who loves to create picture books that mix the flamboyantly wacky with the slightly dark. (laughs) And um, JJ has just recently moved into the young adult contemporary space. So um, this book, Jay's Gay Agenda, it's a rom-com full of love and lust and hijinks. So the story um, actually begins in a small town in rural Washington state. So that's the Washington that's on the top left when you're looking uh-huh. at the, the map. That's very geographical, isn't it? Um, so, and our main character, Jay Collier, knows for sure that he's a statistical anomaly as the only out gay kid in his small town high school. Um, and all his friends just can't stop talking about their heterosexual hookups and relationships. Um, and Jay can only dream of his own firsts. Mm. So he compiles a, a romance to-do list of all the things that he hopes to one day experience. And this is called his gay agenda. Because <laughs> they do say that gays have agendas, don't they? But I like this Some one. It's a list. That, yes. Yeah, it's a to-do list. And the first item, quite sadly, on his agenda is to just simply meet another gay kid. Mm. And he knows, um, statistically speaking, about 20 kids at his small town high school should be LGBTQI+. But painfully, he's the only one. And I just did air quotes around the word only. So then, against all odds, Jay's family make the move to the big liberal city of Seattle. And he starts his senior year at um, a new large high school that's got a thriving LGBTQI plus community. And for the first time ever, Jay feels like he's found where he truly belongs, where he can flirt with very sexy boys (laughs) and search for love, as you do, as you should be able to do in high school, eh? So now Jay bonds with a new friend, Max, who offers to be Jay's official gay guide and he offers to help him cross items off the agenda. But then um, when Jay meets the resident hottie, Albert, who's a a robot enthusiastic and basically an unapologetic nerd, um, (laughs) their friendship blossoms into several swoon-worthy dates. He starts to realise that his gay agenda isn't as easy as he expected and that it's going to take a lot of vulnerable communication 
you know, with those closest to him to figure out what really matters. So um, as Jay begins crossing items off his list, he's still going to be he's going to be torn between his heart and his hormones, mm-hmm. his old friends, his new ones, um, because as he discovers, life and love don't always go according to plan. Now look, yeah, isn't it? Now look, Jason Jones' novel, it's funny, it's sex positive, and it's filled with a cast of complex but incredibly real characters. And um, Jay is a flawed protagonist, but you can't help cheer for him as he navigates this variety of firsts. Let's face it, Jay is a hot mess. Um, And um, it's charming, it's affirming, and it's the coming-of-age story about friendships, relationships, and chosen family. Now, one thing about the book, it has attracted its fair share of criticism, but mainly from readers, and this is because Jay is such a flawed character, because basically he's capable of being a complete and absolute bitch and also he cheats on his love interest um but personally i think this makes the book interesting and um i think it'd be a great one for for a book club either teen or or adult lots of conversations that you could have like why does jay lie why does he feel that he has to be so nasty you know is attacked the best form of defence when you're a marginalised person. Mm, And, you know, I think, yeah, for the longest time, queer characters have been painted as being either truly evil or Mm -hmm. or truly good. And and Jay is neither one of those things. And personally, I think that's a good thing. So... Mm. Yeah. Funny how we can accept um, those sort of like ambiguities in ourselves, but not necessarily in, yeah, what we read on the page. Yeah, um, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's good. It's a good chance to look hard at what <laughs> you're looking yes. at others. Yeah, and just sure. smash those stereotypes, I reckon. Completely. Absolutely. Well, I think that you would really love this next novel as well, um, Alison. I don't know if you've managed to get your hand on it because it's an absolute hot potato. It is. Not yet. Uh, not yet. You're no, waiting, eh? Yes, I know. <laughs> well, my next read probably won't be um, uh, new to you, um, but it is a super lively, lovely, hyper-local and lol-filled debut novel uh, called Greta and Belden by Tamaki Makoto's newest hit novelist, Rebecca K. Riley. Now, Greta and Valden is set in Auckland and it features queer 20-something siblings, Valden and Greta, and their multilingual, multicultural, multidiverse circle of family and friends that happily stretches to make room for everyone, their significant others, and all their bits and baggage. Now, Greta and Valden come from a Maori, Russian, and Catalonian family, and they're both looking for love in our big little city. We get the scoop on all their innermost thoughts as they're going about their days in Auckland, their insecurities, what they love, what they hate, the urges that they manage to follow and those that they're suppressing. You get these freaking hilarious one-liners right through the book and all these reckons about others that should come off as quite snarky and judgy, but actually come off as quite warm and accepting. Um, And most of all, you get 
lots of loyalty and love and all those exasperations and worries that you that you get with siblings and with other family members. I mean, that's family, right? That's family life. <laughs> I reckon, yep. <laughs> At what age you are. Like that. <laughs> yeah. um, now, is doing a Master's in Russian Lit at Auckland Uni. I think she's the only student doing it. Um, and she's got a crush on her Hannah Gazbiesque uh, uni colleague, Holly. Um, but then she meets a scientist from Glasgow who's a lot nicer to her than um, her colleague. Now, Valden has an ex called Zabi who went a bit gun-shy when Valden went through a severe period of OCD-related um, uh, depression. And um, Zabi has moved to Argentina and they've really not been in contact at all for quite a little while now. And Valden's been left with a broken heart and he's got a rising profile in his new career as a TV travel presenter, but he's not quite sure if he's ready for it. Now, the siblings take turns. They're chapter by chapter. You're swapping between Greta and Valden. They flight together in central Auckland. You hear about their workplaces and colleagues, their nights on the town, dinners with families. You go through the uni and across Albert Park. You go to Victoria Street to the post office. You're on the curb in K Road at 2 o'clock in the morning after a night out. And you're also heading out to the leafy suburbs, you know, to the wealthier relatives where you can get better food in your, in your own fridge and um, lots of um, sage advice. It's very relatable. <laughs> yes, and haven't we all done, or some of us done some of those, many oh, of those things? <laughs> <laughs> now, as a native Aucklander myself, I have really seen our city and its people described in as much detail as this. You know, you will recognise everything in this book if you've spent any time in central Auckland. Now, Riley's eye and feel for those spots and sites that we love and that we love to hate was just such a treat to read. Now, their parents um, are Lynch from Russia. He's an academic and um, Great Barrier-born Beatrice who works in um, community theatre. Now, they are a uni friends-to-lovers couple and very much in love. So their kids have got this amazing model before them and they're really looking for their own forever partners too. But they start hearing all these sort of patched together stories of the past from other family members and there's a few gaps and they start kind of sussing out that even the most perfect matches have secrets and stuff going on below the surface. So no one, no partnership is is perfect really. In the mix also are AWOL almost cousins. We've got woke-ass kids and teens mm-hmm. who are absolutely adorable and a legendary Russian tearaway called Rumbo. Now, Greta and Valden has been an absolute hit um, both in bookstores and in our libraries. So it's been bouncing from borough to borough. It's got heaps of hype around it and it's now on this year's Occam's Long List as well. So the queues are long on this one and because of supplier issues, it may still be a little while yet. But get yourself in the queue because we have ordered more copies and we want this one in your hot little hands. It sounds Fabulous. I just cannot wait. It's wonderful. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, (laughs) Absolutely loved it. So I also read, now this one is actually, I'm casting back to December now, but this is a, um, this is a teen graphic novel and it's from a series. So this is the fourth volume in the series um, called Heartstopper. And the series is by Alice Oseman, and it actually started as a webcomic. You'll find it in our teen graphics section. So you'll find all four in there. And unfortunately, not on overdrive as yet. Now, this um, story follows British schoolboys Charlie and Nick. Now, they're rugby teammates who fell in love um, in a couple of years into high school. 
Um, so if you're new to Heartstopper, Nick is now in his last year of school. He's a big blonde sport billy kind of a type with a warm heart and big warm hug, um, hugs on him. And Charlie's one year younger. He's sort of a long fringed, lanky limbed, artsy type. Very sweet, but very anxious as well. So we've four volumes in. So they're now actually both out at school and at home. They've got a great group of mates, including other um, queer couples whose stories you get to dip into as well. And the main themes of this series are really around first love, relationship ropes, um, how to how to build your own identity while also being in a partnership, um, as you ride the roller coaster of adolescent life. Really, now this volume specifically focuses on Charlie's mental health issues, and it looks at how you can support somebody who's in crisis or in recovery. So, a content um, mention for you is that. Um, there is depiction of eating disorder, specifically anorexia. There's a bit of discussion of self-harm. Um, and there is a stay in a psychiatric unit, but this is mostly positive and therapeutic for Charlie. Now, there's a lovely scene as well where Nick's doing his best to Google his way through how he can help Charlie, you know, his 16-year-old boyfriend, Charlie. Um, Charlie's hiding quite a bit of what's going on with him and just confiding in Nick and in the end that becomes a bit much for Nick so there's this lovely scene when Nick breaks down in front of his mum when his mum gives him a, a cuddle and um, you know he finds out when it's best to, to keep Storm and work on it yourself and when it, actually you need to, to call in the troops um, so yeah some great lessons in life in this book and um, I you know this series I think will go for a while yet so jump in at the ground floor and, and, um, and have a heart stopper yeah, oh, it sounds wonderful and such important stuff too, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, yeah. Well, look, um, for something completely different, um, I've been, I've got a guilty secret here. Um, <laughs> and, well, it was my guilty secret over New Year. So don't judge me, Inika. Um, but I read Pleasure Cruise by Yolanda Wallace. Um, now, this book is, it's only available in an ebook format on Overdrive. But as a hot tip, um, we've got heaps of LGBTQI plus material on overdrive so just put in um when you do your search type in romance type in gay queer lgbt just whatever and um you'll find heaps of stuff to to have a look at uh this one's been out for about three years but um i'm laughing but look (laughs) it was so good it transported me away just for a day and a half so it was good (laughs) So, look, our um, main character on the Pleasure Cruise, um, her name is Spencer Collins, and um, she basically lives life virtually. Uh, she keeps the real world and everyone in it at um, at a safe distance. She works as a, a coder and a game tester and really is quite a solitary type. But when she's given the chance to spend a week surrounded by sun, loving sun, oh, you can't help yourself. I can't help it. Sun surrounded by sun, sand, and hundreds of women on a cruise ship oh. heading to my voice has changed. Heading to an exotic location in the Caribbean, she has the opportunity to venture outside her comfort zone, if that is, she can muster up the courage. 
dot, dot, dot. <laughs> now, our second character, Amy Donovan, is named the cruise director for this trip to the Caribbean. Yeah. But her mission is twofold. Firstly, she needs to keep her scandal-plagued company's reputation afloat um, after some bad things happen on the last cruise. Oh, yeah. And secondly, she vows to keep her hands off the passengers. <laughs> You'd think that would be, you know, 101, you wouldn't it? contract, really. Yes, but, that's yeah. right. But who knows? <laughs> we know how these things go. Yeah. So anyway, both of these tasks prove to be quite problematic when she's blindsided by her attraction to the sweet and adorably shy Spencer, only to discover a stranger's quest for revenge threatens to turn their dream trip into a nightmare. So all go. Yeah, sailing the high seas, it might turn the tide of romance their way as long as the killer doesn't get there first. <laughs> Are you laughing at me or with me? <laughs> oh, let's say a bit of both, eh? A bit of both, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, I love this. It was like the love boat meets the old world. Um, <laughs> it's intersectional. The, the cruise ship attracts women of all genders, orientations, cultures and abilities. Um, one of the heroes, um, both a romantic and a, an action hero, um, is a woman who's an ex-cop, but she'd earlier been shot in the line of duty so she uses a wheelchair to get around um and it this doesn't stop her from pursuing either love or criminals and as it shouldn't so um yeah (laughs) so look great fun pure escapism with some romance thrown in for good measure Oh, sounds fab. Fabulous. Get your hands on it. Especially yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cruise ships are not really rolling right now. Oh, I know. A yes. Virtual cruise ship. Yeah. 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 Well, um, my uh, my next one is another a bit of a, um, a hit, um, and this is a romance um, published in 2021 called One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. Now, the the lead character in this um, is a New Orleans native called Audrey, and um, she, like your um, Spencer, she is a bit of a loner as well. She's been brought up perpetually on the move by her mum, um, who's a bit troubled by a past events, and um, she's been bouncing around universities for the last few years. So she's now studying in her third major in three years, and this time she's wound up at Brooklyn University in New York. Now, Audrey always travels light. She carries a pen knife. That's a given. Um, you find out why later. And she usually tries not to make friends with the locals because it's just too much hassle. She might get hurt, you see, but like Spencer. Mm. But in Brooklyn, it's hard to avoid um, the quirky characters that are around her. She's soon got some flatmates who want to hang out. Um, she's got a waitressing job at an old school um, pancake house. And she may just have met the women of her dreams on her regular commute on the queue. Now, Jane Sue, who is there when the doors slide open at her station, is seriously cool. So she has a leather jacket that's, you know, just beaten up just right. She's got a fringe that swoops over her um, gorgeous smile and jeans with rips in all the right places. She looks like she's just stepped out of CBGB's in the 70s. Now, Audrey is absolutely hooked from the start with um, with Jane, especially when she finds out that Jane used to work at the same diner that she's now working at. Now, when was that again? Oh, says Jane. Well, it was a while ago now. Mm-hmm. Now, as soon as you look this one up, you're not going to avoid the spoilers. So I've just got three words to say to you, Alison. Train slash time travel, sapphic romance. <gasps> 
Okay. Now, don't count those words because I'm not going to count the hyphens and the slashes, all right? (laughs) Now, I'm only about 100 pages in, so I can't spill too many beans anyway apart from that part. But I am already super invested. I mean, McQuiston had me at Swoopy Fringe and post-punk mixtapes on the Walkman. You know, I'm pretty easy to please. Well, look, you are. I can um, agree with that. But I was um, hooked as soon as you said leather jacket, jeans with rips in the right places and the coolest nightclub in New York. That just, you had me there. Oh, now, is it getting hot in here? I just need to turn on my fan. Oh, absolutely. I tell you what, <laughs> it's cold flannel time over here too. <laughs> oh, look, that sounds fabulous. I'm going to um, put my name down for that that hot item too. <laughs> hey, well, look, um, I've got a slightly more serious um, book to finish on today. Um, it's amazing. Um, now, it's called The Ex-Girlfriend of My Ex-Girlfriend is My Girlfriend and it's <laughs> advice on queer dating, love and friendship written by Maddie Court and illustrated by the fabulous Kelsey Roten, um, just published in 2021. So, this book is really, really good. Now, um, the the writer, uh, Maddie Court, she's a, a queer writer and zine maker. She holds a MA in Gender and Women's Studies um, and an MA in Creative Writing from the University of Wisconsin in, in the States. And her online alter ego is Xena Warrior Princess as opposed to Xena Warrior Princess. Um, so she's basically a full-time or part-time agony aunt. That's an old school um, name, isn't it? <laughs> but um, up until 2018, she was quite well known for creating niche lesbian memes on Instagram. Um, and so after about 2018, she made the uh, leap to writing and distributing a series of old school zines. Mm. And this wonderful book has been built out of her popular zine. Ah. The, um, th- there's a zine about my ex-girlfriend being my, my new girlfriend or her <laughs> friend or something. <laughs> now, this one, it's look, it's more than just a colourful advice column. It's a celebration of queer life and it's a real affirmation of the beautiful nuances of relationships. It's full of... Um, just these amazing highlighter-bright illustrations by the artist Kelsey Roten. And these pictures really distill the story's essences into, they kind of go into funny mini-comics. Um, and so the inclusion of the uh, the illustrations it really helps keep the book's tone light, even when we're dealing with things like, you know, real-life heartbreak and depression. Mm. Now, most of the scenarios in the in the letters that Maddie has received, um, that she answers, most of them will be recognisable to to all women, really, um, queer, lesbian, bisexual, people of marginalised genders. I think anyone is is going to um, relate to these scenarios. Mm. But Maddie Court, um, to give her credit, she knows her limits and she's got a bunch of guest advice columnists and, and they've helped her answer some of the, the problems. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is J.D. Sampson, who was part of the feminist, feminist performance project, the Tigra, who I used to, to love, actually. Um, <laughs> the blogger, Samantha Kirby, who's the author of Bitches Gotta Eat. Um, Kaylin Rose Heffernan, the disabled queer activist in 
self-confessed rebel rouser. <laughs> and she's got a few other really wise sages. So these extra helpers um, provide plenty of insight while dishing out, you know, really honest advice and thoughtful suggestions with humour, hopefulness, honesty, big honesty and respect. And then at the end of the book, you've got um, great resources on mental health, sexual violence, queer relationships and and much more. Um, And while many of the questions have come from people in their 20s, the, the valuable advice and relatable anecdotes will have a real teen and millennial crossover appeal. Um, but in fact, LGBTQI plus people of all ages will find stories that resonate deeply and they'll appreciate Maddie Court's candour and humour throughout. Um, in fact, I think anyone who's ever been in love or wanted to be in love, you know, is going to relate deeply to these these stories. The advice is it's heartwarming, it's sensitive, affirming. Um, and most importantly, I think, um, really, it's intersectional. Mm-hmm. It's um, a, an extremely important asset to the queer community. So I think if you know anyone or, or um, anyone who identifies as a woman, no matter what age they are, what sexuality, whether they're gender fluid, non-binary, pan, trans, whatever, and no matter what their relationship status is, and if they're struggling, get this book into their hands as soon as possible. Mm. I honestly can't speak highly enough of this resource, and it's bright pink too, so you, you can't miss it. Oh, wonderful. So, um, yeah, feel your feels as you read through the, this great, great book. Well, look, that's um, about as much as we've got time for today for our our special Pride Love edition. So to our listeners, thanks for tuning in today. Know that we celebrate love in whatever form it takes. Uh, Take care out there and be kind to yourselves. Haere rā, kakite an. This programme was brought to you by Auckland Libraries. Find us online at aucklandlibraries.govt.nz and catch the program next Sunday at 9.35pm on 104.6 FM or anytime online at planetaudio.org.nz slash books and beyond. Every day, every day, every day.